Hi, and welcome to Matt Holman Talks Mental Health, the podcast where I have the opportunity to sit down and chat to amazing humans about their journeys with mental health. For this episode, I'm so happy to introduce M Holding to the conversation. Welcome, Em. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Oh, me too. It's lovely to see you and lovely to have you as a guest on here as well. So just very quickly, as I always do, just to let the audience know a little bit about how we got to this recording. Well, interestingly, I've been a guest on M's podcast. So she asked <laughs> me to join a podcast with her, which was great. Um, the podcast is called Wellbeing Workplace Fix Podcast. Um, so you use that through our organisation, The Workplace. Um, so I'll let you tell a little bit about that as well. Um, but yeah, so we decided, you know what, we'll just uh, swap podcasts. So now I'm going to hear M talking to her journey uh, with mental health in this episode. So thank you, M for joining lovely to see you tell people a little bit about yourself and what you do thank you um yeah so as you said I'm Em um professional wise um I'm the brand and community manager at Hika Hika's a well-being benefits platform which is just incredible I think everyone always says their own brand is incredible but I truly believe it um which gives users the autonomy to pick their own well-being benefits um with monthly credit um, as brand and community manager, I am all about kind of fostering our community on LinkedIn, our user base, um, and putting out, I guess, content that makes a difference um, that people are interested in. Um, and I hope I do an okay job at that. Um, as you said, there's a podcast, which Matt's been a guest on. So please go and check that out because it was an incredible one. And yeah, just really just about trying to I guess in the simplest form, I always say to everyone, if I have made one person think slightly differently or challenged one person's approach or kind of mindset or made a difference to someone's day with any piece of content that I've got out, then I've done my job. Um, that's what I aim for anyway. Brilliant. And uh, no doubt that will touch on some of the reasons why you do what you do and how you do it and everything else in the conversation we're just about to have. So as always, the invitation talking about your journey with mental health. Now, you take it from where you want to start and just tell us a bit of a story about who M really is, some of the things you've experienced or some of the things that you're willing to share with us. Of course. Um, so I'll caveat this with, as I always do, this is my experience, so my lived experience. And if I say anything that seems a bit general, that's just kind of for ease of conversation, completely understand that this is different for everyone and super subjective. Yeah. So in my experience, I would not say that growing up, mental health was particularly on my agenda or the agenda of those people around me. It wasn't something, I went to a great school, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't really spoken about at school. Um, I had a little bit of support because very unfortunately, I had two parents go through cancer during kind of my adolescence. They're, they're both fine now. Um, but you can imagine all of those kind of like raging hormones that I've got going on as like a 14, 15, 16 year old girl um, and juggling that. So they were great with that, but they're still, you know, nobody really explained to me what anxiety was or what depression was or anything like that. Um, so when, you know, especially when I started going out, I guess, drinking as, as lots of us do at 17, 18, 19, 20, um, I, the first time I ever really felt it was kind of like on a hangover. And I remember thinking, what's wrong with me? Um, what's going on with my body? Why am I like this? I must be the only person that's ever felt this. There was just no, a kind of awareness on my part. 
that what I was feeling was completely normal and completely probably a reaction to drinking. And I got that, I guess, when that started to happen, I think anxiety started to trickle in slightly other parts of my life. So I would really, really obsess over the strangest things um, and just tear myself apart. Like I would be driving and I would be like, I can't remember if I went over the speed limit. And I would be like, yeah, really, really random. Uh Uh-huh, really random. Um, And I'd be like, I'm going to get a speeding ticket. And I would go to bed crying. Like the police were going to come and knock around my door. And I hadn't. I'm a really safe driver and always have been. So I think I definitely started to experience anxiety and kind of a fixation on events that weren't real. And again, this whole time, Mm. it's completely internalized. And I am like, I'm the only one that feels like this. I'm going crazy still didn't really understand the term anxiety and this went on for kind of a couple of years um and then god I'm really like a couple of minutes in really getting into it brilliant Uh, I love it oh good okay tell me tell me if I'm rambling um but so I I definitely started to experience difficulties with my mental health around then which on reflection I completely understand um but I've still got this you know I'm going I'm going crazy like what's wrong with me there's something wrong with me which is really sad um and then I had and this is just objective I had gained quite a lot of weight Mm -hmm. at one point in a relationship and I somebody said to me one day um oh you look you like uh, that dress is way too small for you now you used to be far skinnier and I can honestly pinpoint that moment to an eating disorder that I'm still living with at 26 and still every day kind of challenging myself with um so though yeah I would say I definitely experienced anxiety and then all of that anxiety almost was projected on weight weight gain um how small could I be how skinny could I be how little could I eat and it kind of became a game um like a numbers game um and it got quite like difficult at some points and again I'm still really young at this point this was I was like 19 um so I think I'm the only person in the world that's ever done this um and just that sense of loneliness I really hope that if anything has changed in the world in the last I don't know five six years is that you know I've got younger siblings so my my younger sister is 15 I just hope it's a different landscape for her I hope she feels like she's it's so normal to feel all of those things and I feel like there's a much better body positivity image out there um so I hope it's different for her I really and I do think I don't think society is perfect at all but in my experience, just so many people are talking about it more and there's so much more awareness. Um, and it took years for me to work out that I actually, it, this was a mental health thing, years. Um, and I think a lot of people experience the same. Wow. Yeah, I think you're right. And I do think that there's, uh, that, you know, there's a growing movement now, isn't there, of, of people who are starting to struggle, you know, with things like eating disorders, especially linked to anxiety. So so talking a little bit about this experience, this journey with the, the eating elements, if that's okay with you, Em, um, yes. you know, how did you sort of start to realise that there was something that was going wrong or that something wasn't quite right? What, um, what was that? So as I said, I'd kind of get gameized. I've made this a game. Um, right. Okay, yeah. yeah. I went from eating literally for like comfort 
and yeah. I love food and I have quite a big appetite. So I went from eating everything in sight, not thinking about nutrition yeah. at all to, I mean, I, I think at its, at its worst, um, when I first started, I was having like two poached eggs with cherry tomatoes for breakfast and then three slices of ham with some salad for lunch and then like chicken and broccoli for dinner. And if I was like having a bad day, um, I'd have a square of dark chocolate at the end of the day. So I went from eating everything to eating nothing. So what happened was the weight fell off me. Sure, yeah. yeah because like just just science. Um, and I wasn't doing it on calorie deficit or anything like that, which is more scientific based. Somebody had said to me, oh, just cut out carbs. So I was just not eating anything that was really filling me up. Um, so that's that it was it was intense um the point I really and it was intense but I was so gratified all the time by the number going down yeah oh my god great I'm doing good work I'm good work and people were seeing me and being like oh my goodness you look oh the wet have you lost weight and now I'm so if somebody said that to me now I'd be like thank you because I know you mean that with great intention but that can actually be really damaging yeah um so, yeah, I, at the, the point I really realized that there was a problem was when my parents started hiding the scales in the house from me. Okay. Because I would weigh upwards of four times a day. Um, and if I didn't like the number, I would stop drinking water until the number went down. It got yeah. really, 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 it spiraled. It was so out of control. Um, so that's kind of the experience that I had. Um, and this demonization of carbs and still now I'm, I'm really have to, like, it took, I, I think it took me two years to train myself to have a, have you seen those like bagel fins? Yes. Yeah. One of those for breakfast. Okay. Right. So it's, it was, I think the thing for me that I was so shocked about looking back on this is that how quickly I got into this, but how many years it's taking me mm. to get out. And that yeah. is what is really scary about eating disorders is that, you know, these these traits, these habits are so quickly learned, but so slowly unlearned. Um, it's taken me years and I'm still yeah. doing it now. Um, you know, I'll still be having dinner and I'll say, oh, no rice or like, yeah. and it's just, I know it's not logical. That's that's yeah. the most frustrating thing for me is that I know it's not logical. Um, so, but i had no idea that it was a problem right wow i was receiving constant gratification i was receiving constant praise oh my god you're tiny oh wow you're so you've lost so much weight oh your boyfriend must be so happy um you know it's just oh you're and if somebody said oh you're actually getting too thin in my head and this is please nobody think i'm a bad person i was i was very much in the midst of something but if somebody said to me, you look too thin, I'd be like, you're jealous. Right. And I've, yeah. I've, I've looked this up. Um, this is really common in eating disorders is, and I definitely used to do this as well. Encourage people to meet, eat, meat, eat more than you. Okay. I would be like, oh, you should have that. Oh, treat yourself. You should have that. Yeah. Like putting it on other people because then it would justify what I was eating. Yeah. So not eating alone and that also if somebody was like said about weight loss in a negative way I'd be like you're jealous so it really can affect relationships as well yeah 
huge um massive um like friendships uh I used to go out for dinner and pretend I'd eaten and had a diet coke you know there was just so many aspects of my life that this trickled into you I can't even tell you um so besides health um emotional how I actually felt this onus that I played I felt like it was a ball and chain genuinely and the day I stopped weighing myself I think I think I posted on Insta the other day I'm like 400 days without weighing myself okay which is wild for somebody that used to do that that many days but I just felt like it felt like such a responsibility it was so heavy on my shoulders um yeah and it was almost like a drug in the sense that it was really high highs and really low lows. Mm-hmm. So if I got on the scales and it was better than I thought, I would be like, oh, so yeah. skinny. I can have a great day today. Scary, isn't it? Yeah. Thank, thank goodness for that. And yeah. I spoke to other people that have said the same, that it would absolutely determine their day. That is how I would, for anyone listening, if you're, in my experience, my advice, if the scale is setting you up for a day, the scale is an, a problem. Um, but this all took years as I said like I'm what seven years into this now um god I'm older than I thought um (laughs) stop it some of us are a lot older than that as well so (laughs) um but but just to look back and be like this has had me for seven years of my life is quite quite scary um but it seems like a little bit of a different landscape now that's good and and hopefully for you as well and you know i think what i find fascinating is you know the there's a there's this perversity around the way that you're interpreting information that people are saying words to you know we're sick the unfortunate reality is in society right now we're fixated on the weather and weight you know Mm. so it's about appearance it's about how we look what we what we weigh how big we are how small we are and you know and i and i speak from a parent's experience you know and and i talked openly about my journey with my own daughter you know and she's 20 now and and her her living with an eating disorder and you know we've been through that journey as a family and and i can only you know i can only send out my love to your family because obviously i know how that does have an impact especially when it gets to those really sort of destructive points as well um how did you get out of that place though so obviously you're on this journey and this is an ongoing service you know in terms of the recovery for yourself did you seek professional help or did you sort of just do some self-awareness some education or how did you sort of find your way through that so both um I'm I'm really 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 fortunate and I will always be grateful for this that I've had access to an incredible therapist who I've been seeing for like five years um but and that has definitely in so many facets of my life challenged my way of thinking and stuff but there was a real turning point for me when I moved from Devon to London and and you know super scared new people you have to really like jump in and I met the most amazing group of friends um and still still do now um meet people every day um that are just so open-minded and excellent um so I had these this group of friends who really just started to challenge me um especially with the carbs thing um they just I lived with them um they were the first people that I lived with when I moved to London and I think if you just have people surrounding you that are not coming down with kind of judgment or like I love my parents but sometimes parental roles and friend roles very different yeah um and you know I might be grumpy with my dad but I'm probably not going to turn around and be that grumpy to my friend (laughs) so they were they were incredible they were very instrumental in just day-to-day checking in hey 
if you eat half a bagel, you're going to be fine. Hey, you look great. Hey, you listen to your body. That's probably the the yeah. top thing that um one of my best friends says to me. Um, and then I'm not just saying this because they'll be listening. Um, but my work colleagues are superb. Um, Ahika is full. Everyone I get on with yeah. very very well, and just full of people that. I feel like I can go to if I'm struggling and like you can't, well, I can't um, brave face it all that well. If I'm yeah. at work and I'm struggling, people know. Um, my line manager knows immediately almost like yeah. we'll get off a call and I wouldn't have really said anything or done anything. Sure, different. Yeah. And yeah. and he'll be like, hey, come on. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, good. Yeah, it's incredible. It's amazing, so yeah. definitely I would always encourage people to reach out for like professional help but mm -hmm. for me in terms of ed surrounding myself with the right people has been really instrumental because you know sometimes people going through eating disorders kind of stick together or like yeah. club together and it can um encourage it yeah becomes um, very competitive in many ways competitive and also yeah. it's okay because it's it almost feels like safety in numbers like we're all doing this you know yeah, we're all yeah. doing this we're yeah. skipping dinner we're all mm. doing this and the other um so yeah really surrounding myself in work and um kind of mm. my home life with people that are challenging me but not in a way where I feel like I have to be defensive or yeah. you know I have to be on guard I have to say yeah. sorry I have to try and hide stuff not at all I really yeah I'm really really blessed with um the best in in my opinion Oh, that's brilliant. And I, and I love that because I think that's something that everybody needs to have around them, isn't it? And it's, uh, you know, having good friends, those supportive people and and even having the ability to just explain things just from your perspective. I think it's, you know, it's something that a lot of people crave. We don't have a lot of people around us sometimes who who will listen and give us that support. And, and just to validate on the parents piece, you know, I get it from my perspective as a dad. Um, but what we have to remind ourselves is that parents are a safe space for us to really show our emotions and vent our anger and our frustration. And we see that lot with with our girls and and it's very much about you know we we know it's not nice the way they do it but we also know that they feel safe doing it with us that makes oh, sense. I, I agree and especially when I was younger and really going through it I cringe yeah. sometimes at the way I've spoken to my parents who by the way are the most magical yeah. people I've ever met I hold them in incredibly high regard and if yeah. I if something's gone wrong or I've messed up the first person I call is dad a hundred percent every <laughs> yeah. time Peter gets a call yeah um so yes, uh, but it's just a different dynamic. Mm, um, it is. So I was really lucky that at that stage of my life, I had it coming from kind of all angles. Um, at work, I had people that were incredibly supportive. Yeah. Um, at home. Um, so yes, definitely. Um, to be kind of mindful about about the the influences that you're surrounding yourself with. Yeah. Um. Because I know that if I had got into a group of people that were struggling with really similar things, as much as I'd always help anyone on any journey, I was not in the place to do so. Yes. Um, and it would have been detrimental to me and them. And that could have been quite a toxic kind of cycle, I guess. Yeah, no, definitely. You're right. And and it is so important to to take notice. And I, and I think that's the big piece, isn't it? It's taking notice of those changes and noticing when things aren't going as well so so on that so self-care it's a big part of everything that I know we talked about and you know we've had conversations offline from this as well and so self-care looking after you talk to me how do you look after yourself now in a balanced way of course you know without super competitive sort of elements creeping into to manage certain things how do you look after yourself 
So for me, I'm very much still on this journey. Um, yeah. And the journey skill set wise has been kind of confidence building, mm-hmm. uh, boundary setting and listening to my body. Brilliant. Yeah. Because what I used to label as, I guess, self-care or looking after myself, I would probably not call now. Okay. Um, it's not waking up at 6 a.m. every morning. It's not making sure I've got a heart rate of 180 throughout a whole workout because otherwise it doesn't count. Um, it's not not eating, you know, it, so it's been definitely getting in touch with what my body needs. How do my muscles feel? How does my brain feel? Do I feel mm-hmm. tired? Do I feel hungry? Do I feel like exercise? Do I feel like something gentle? Do I feel like I need to do something good for the soul? Um, so there was that. Um, confidence building and boundary setting are really important as well. I have grown so much more confidence to say no. Um, and if I bail on plans now, because I need to, I don't even, I used to, when I was younger, tear my hair out about like, what excuse am I going to give? What am I going to yeah. say? What, yeah. am I, what am I possibly going to say? Yeah. And now I just say, I'm really sorry, I can't make it. And if you're, if this is something you're struggling with, in my experience, 9.5 times out of 10, nobody comes back and says, well, why can't you make it? Yeah. Everyone just goes, oh, okay. And they might be a little bit disappointed and they might be this and they might be that, but let them. Because if you going is going to impact your mental health, there is nothing more important. There is nothing more sacred than that. There is no... Yeah. Nothing in the world that you should let really take a toll on your mental health. Um, so there's been a self-care journey. Um, and I just can't stress its importance enough. I mean, we're mm. always talking about it at, uh, at Hika. Um, we run several campaigns throughout the year. Yeah. And it's not, I'm quite a big advocate for, I love candles. I love, you know, things like that. Lovely. Yeah. And I do think they can enhance self-care. Yeah, sure. But it doesn't, for me, it doesn't always need to be glamorous. No. Sometimes it's putting a load of washing on or doing a food shop or going for a walk. I have those lovely, luxurious kind of self-care evenings where I've got everything going and the bath's running. Sure. I'm not overlooking that. I'm just saying there's there's like a realism to self-care. So if you feel like you want to stretch for 10 minutes, that's great. But if you feel like you want to sit down and read a book, that's also fine. Um, it can be, this can be day-to-day things, making your bed, making my bed is my self-care ritual. I will, everyone knows something's wrong with me if I haven't made my bed. Genuinely, that's a real, I have to, I, I, my space being tidy is really important to me. Um, so we're just, I'm actually just planning a TikTok for the Hika account, which is like what you can do in your lunch break. That's like realistic self-care and making the bed is one of them. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because it. I just think these small things have such yeah. a big impact on your ability to kind of focus. I yeah. always think messy space is, is trickier, um, mm. but that might just be me. Some people might thrive in that, and that's also fine. Yeah, um, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because everybody's yeah. very unique in that, and it, and it just is a personal thing. And, it, and it's even to the point of getting up in the morning, having a, sh- having a shower or putting clean clothes on or whatever yeah. it is that you do. You know, those those are so simple yeah, people don't always frame them in the thought of saying, well, that's actually me looking after myself a little bit as much as it is I look smart on a screen or, I, you know, or people see or think I'm professional and present, present myself professionally. I don't know. I, I saw a TikTok the other day and, I mean, TikTok and mental health is, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I'm very not, not sure. But very I am, consuming, yeah. 
very very consuming um, yeah. I think it, it can be very positive but it can be very negative anyway yeah. that's a different podcast you'll have to get me back for TikTok I think so yeah okay yeah. well we'll do that yeah we'll do that because I'm, I'm I'm of the age where I watch it and I scroll and I still have no idea why I'm seeing half the things I'm seeing so oh, yeah it, yeah TikTok knows TikTok knows what you like um but I saw this TikTok and it said hey like how are you doing do you think you're not doing good enough and I was in the mood where I was like yeah um and they were like, have you got up today, changed your clothes today, brushed your teeth today and eaten a nutritious meal today? And I was like, yeah, OK. And they were like, you're doing way better than you think. Right, OK. And it is sometimes that perspective mm, that we can yeah. be our own worst critics. Yes. I have to do lists sometimes. I'm trying to stop them. <laughs> but yeah. to do lists and I will micromanage when I'm doing my hoovering in the day. Um, and we're just so hard on ourselves. Um, we are we really are we, we need really to ease are. up we need to ease up a little bit of the pressure sometimes don't we i think i think that's the thing that we've struggled with isn't it in the world where we're so busy and over overwhelmed by the you know we talked about negativity before we came on this as well we don't want it to spin into a negative frame this conversation because i think it's so positive what you're sharing in and the way that you're sharing it and and it is we're consumed by so much and we've we've missed the opportunity sometimes to just take care of ourselves and down the pressure a little bit release it a little bit yeah, I completely agree. And if mm. if people will take anything from listening to this at all, um, this is your sign to check in with yourself and to really think and really listen to what your body, mind and soul are craving right now. Yeah. yeah. And if that's yeah. an ice cream, so be it. Um, it was yeah. for me yesterday. That's what it yeah. was at 11 a.m. in the morning. Oh, really? Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. I just I had real real fancying for it. Nothing had happened. I was having a great day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if that's what you're really really craving, and you know, go for it. If it's a walk, go for it. If it's yeah. a nap, go for it. So this is your sign. Check in. Amazing. I love that. Yeah. Check in. So just with that, actually, because we've got a few more minutes left, but there is something that I want to just touch with you, which is the change of seasons. Oh yeah, because because I know we you know we'd had this conversation before. So so tell us a little bit about your perspective on the change of season, especially where we are now. Yeah. Um. So as you mentioned, we spoke about this off cam, and um, I have never. I've always been quite excited about the change of seasons. You know, I used to be that person that was like, oh, coats, boots, tights. I'm going to go to winter wonderland, and yep. I have really struggled this year. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because there's quite a lot of doom and gloom out there in the, in the media. Every time I seem to go on my phone, there's something bad going on. Yeah. I have really, really struggled to adjust. Um, and if you've ever been to a webinar or anything of mine before, you'll notice I'm in a completely different backdrop um, because I've actually gone to Devon. Um, so I live in London and I was just really struggling to kind of wake up in the morning I'm like a proper early bird. Usually I'm yeah. in the summer, I'm a 5am girl. Um, yeah. I was really struggling with my mood, motivation, the the dark evenings, how grey it's been in the day. Um, I have found it really tricky, um, really, really tricky. And hence why I came for a change of scenery. And I'm excited to go back to London now. So yeah. I think I've probably done something. But if you're feeling the same way as me, um, I mean, please message me because, yeah, it, I would love to hear kind of your experience if, yeah. if you're feeling the same or if you've got any tips or advice. So my inbox is definitely open. Um, but if you're feeling it, it's definitely normal because I'm feeling it too. And yeah. I've spoken to others that are feeling the same um, and it's going to be OK. 
Um, I think my body's kind of getting to that adjustment, but I'm just being really kind to myself. So, I mean, today I, I started at um, eight because I'm finishing a bit earlier and I woke up at half seven, quarter to eight. I'm really just letting my body yeah. go with it. If I'm tired, I'm tired. Takes what it needs, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I found that really really therapeutic i'm also lucky enough to be going to um new zealand over christmas so i'm gonna have a complete season change yeah. Yeah, again, um, yeah. i know i'm slightly anxious about coming back in january to be fair but um yeah. i'm resilient um i've yeah. done i've done a season change now i know that i can react um a little bit yeah. negatively to that and it's been it's been a good experience for me because um i've kind of learned that this is possibly something that it's okay to struggle with you know yeah yeah, no, definitely. And I'm sure your family have been quite happy to have you local to them as well oh, for a little yeah. while as well, right? Yeah, they love it. Um, my yeah. parents are retired, so they keep um, like knocking on the door like, do you want a cup of tea? I've been yeah. very, very spoiled. It's been lovely to have some creature comforts, I must say. Well, that's nice as well, though, isn't it? In terms of sort of, you know, recovery and rest and things like that. So, you know, it helps, doesn't it? So, yeah. oh, it's, lovely. it's lovely. I think that's really nice. And I, and you know, that thing about the seasonal change, of course, a lot of people are struggling with that, the SAD piece, you know, and, and really sort of trying to come to terms with, especially the darker mornings, the darker afternoons, you know, and, and the one thing I always say to try to encourage people is look, there's light hours in the middle of all of that. Mm -hmm. Try to get outside, try to just take some time out in, you know, it's not sunny today particularly, but at least it's light out there. So get yourself out and get some fresh air. So, you know, my run this morning in the dark, in the rain was great. Um, but And the dog walk was in the light. So there you go. So nice. it's, it's not that difficult to do, but sometimes we just think, well, I don't have time during the day to do it because I've got too many other things. So it's finding space and time, isn't it? Um, M. Yes. We're at the end. This is the oh, end of the conversation, but it's not the end of where you go on your journey. Of course, you've got traveling coming up and stuff. Um, but as I always do, just invite you to say final thoughts, anything you want to share, anything you want to say, I'll just throw that over to you. Uh, I mean, thank you so much for having me. It's been, I feel like this has been kind of a little bit of therapy in its own right for me. I feel like a new woman. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. And okay. um, as I said to anyone listening, um, it's normal <laughs> whatever yeah. you're feeling right now it's probably normal um and I mean even when I was little my mum always used to say to me uh a worry shared is a worry halved um so please talk yeah um, don't do what I did and let things be internalized for years and making me you know convincing myself that there was something wrong with me yeah. um because it's it most things are normal um and and you really can get help um so yeah, listen to your body, reach out for help um, and surround yourself with brilliant people who inspire you to be the best version of yourself and cheer you on. Um, Amazing. If there is anything I am in this world, and I like to think my colleagues will attest to this, um, is a cheerleader. Um, and cheer people on and let yourself be cheered on. Amazing. Well, I love that closing thoughts from you so thank you so much em i really do genuinely appreciate your conversation your candidacy your openness and and what you've shared with us as well and i and i have to say i'm really proud of you for continuing to do what you do and and you know the way that you open up and talk about the what you're going through or the experiences you've been through so please just keep on 
enjoying the journey, I guess, is probably the best way to frame it, isn't it? Keep on looking after yourself and um, stay safe, look after you. Um, for anybody that is listening out there still, if you do need extra help or support, I know Em said you can always inbox her or email her. Drop your connections so that people can find you, Em, on the uh, conversation to this um, or on the notes to this. Uh, but yeah, if you do need extra help or support, if you are worried about things, know there are always people out there who are willing to listen and to you know give you a safe space to talk about that. You could talk Samaritans. I always talk about Samaritans, of course. Um, you can call them for free on 116123. You can text to shout uh, 85258. And of course, as we talked about eating disorders in this session, it would uh, be beneficial for us to say that BEAT is the UK's leading charity around eating disorders. If you want to know more about the work that BEAT do, um, please do go and check them out because they do have some amazing resources, whether you're somebody that might be struggling, somebody that's supporting somebody who's struggling, or even from a workplace perspective, of course, supporting people at work. So please know there's always people out there. You are not alone. That's the most important message we can ever send to these conversations. And if we help one person by you being an amazing human M um, and telling people about your journey, we're doing a great job. So thank you so, so much. I really genuinely appreciate it. Uh, look after yourself and we'll stay in I'll touch. Anytime. Amazing. Bye. Brilliant. Lovely to see you. Thank you.